0: Chapter 58 The Dead Weight of My Sorrow I opened my numb fingers, and a little scrap of blue mat floated away from me, breaking up into pieces of dyed straw. Around me the tight weave of branch and twigs began loosening as the light in the hollow dimmed. Through the growing gaps in the harrowing hedge I saw blackness pricked with diamond sparks. I smiled, It had been so long since I'd seen stars. Held in the embrace of the commanding officer of the Wolfcraft Wee Scunner, I watched as the harrowing hedge snapped and cracked and dissolved into nothing more than a dream. I left the realm of Melkarisha with my head laying against the softness of Talav's breast, my weak body held tight between the firmness of her limbs. To any who watched, divinities or demons, we must have looked like some strange flower with its pale petals all folded together against the cold and dark of immeasurable space. I was at peace and free of any violent emotions. I was not without thoughts and reflections, but neither despair nor triumph touched me. I knew I had suffered much not least the failure to bring aid to my long-lost wife. And I guessed that there were trials of blood ahead of me still. Yet, like golden fish in a dark pond, such thoughts drifted idly before me, content to be observed or ignored, but arousing no greater emotion than a passing curiosity. Even these drowsy thoughts soon faded, as I turned my head and looked in wonder at the marvels around Talav and I. All about us the universe pulsed and sped, stars and novae passing in great eruptions of light. The intervening blackness was filled with blotches of colours, whites, reds, blues, greens. At first I thought these were nothing more than the echoes on my retina of the passing stars and supernova. But then another thought touched me, these are souls, souls of the departed and souls of the soon to be born, all travelling between the worlds of flesh and bone and the divine and eternal earth. But it was the sound I heard in the swift and quick universe that finally evoked true emotions in me. It was a subtle noise at the very edge of my hearing, a noise that was at first lost amongst the flash and colour of the cosmos and the soft steady thudding of Talav's pumping heart. As we sped through the cosmos I gradually became aware of a low crackling noise with occasional hisses and pops, like atmospheric interference and in one of those ancient radios that can be found in Blake City's Museum of the Classical Age. As I listened the crackles seemed to rise and fall, and the accompanying hisses and pops seemed less random. Though the sound was faint and often almost undiscernible It seemed to me that what I was listening to was the blending together of static and interference to create a harmonious whole, to create music. I wept then, tears of boundless joy and boundless sorrow, for I knew that what I was listening to was the distant songs of the universe's first exiles, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune singing to comfort each other as they lay lost in the black folds of space. I wept for the children of the goddess of the universe, and for every mortal child that suffers loss and despair. I wept for myself as I clung to Talav, and her breast was the breast of the goddess of the universe, the breast of my mother and the breast of my wife, as lost to me as were Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. As I wept I tilted my head back and saw that scarlet ribbon that spilled from the top of Talav's breast. The ribbon was taut and trembling like a steel wire rope straining to pull the dead weight of my sorrow through the cosmos. Then the ribbon snapped and we began falling through a star system of planets, moons and asteroids. My stomach lurched and heaved. I clung tighter to Talav, and her arms and legs squeezed harder around me. Suddenly, with a massive, blinding atomic flash, we were caught in the billion-ton gravitational force of the twin stars Firna and Taini. The roar and blazing plasma spasms of the stars ripped into us, searing us and melting us, till our bubbling skins flowed like lava and our bones fused together. I began to scream at the pain and the ecstasy and the immeasurable wonder and grief. And then, in a moment, everything changed utterly. I found myself sat at a table on which there was the hologram of a candle with a flickering spitting flame. I was confused and nauseous from my vast and breath-stealing journey. But slowly blurred images began to resolve into clearer forms. I saw men and women as inanimate as mannequins sat at the table. As I stared the name and titles of some of them came to me. Vizier Ifdek, Admiral Jack, and Augur Kokani. I'd returned to the Wolfcraft craft wee scunner only moments after I'd left. I'd endured weeks and months and years of struggle, while here time had scarcely moved at all. Yet things had changed. I looked right and saw Talav. She too was motionless, But the knife she held was no longer embedded in my right hand. Instead, it was thrust deep into her chest, and great ropes of blood spilled down her uniform. If that was not disturbing enough, beyond her I saw heavy drapes of black and red, in the folds of which were the faint images of faces and limbs and twisted torsos. Then I blinked, and suddenly time ignited. Talav jerked back and swiftly wrenched the blade from her breast and threw it aside. At the table, figures stood and called out in confusion. On the floor, Talav lay on her back, a scarlet stain as rich and red as a summer rose blossomed on her uniform. Staring at me with wide, terrified eyes, she gagged in pain as the blood spread, drenching her torso and spilling onto the floor beneath her. God's above! Help her! I yelled as I tumbled from my seat and knelt beside the mortally wounded flight commander. I ripped open her uniform and saw the deep and awful wound like a mouth spitting and hiccuping and retching up great spurts of blood. I pushed my hand into the softness of her skin, trying to damn that awful crimson flood. But my saviour's life bubbled and spilled over my fingers. I looked into her eyes, but they were still and vacant. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Marcus Marcus and the Hurting Heart. I'm kind of excited because uh, it's drawn to a close now the story. Three chapters a to go. So please stay tuned. Thank you for listening so far. You can keep in touch with me via Instagram. That's a great place to know all my updates and what I'm up to. I hope to organise an event based around Marcus Marcus in June. I'll keep you posted on that. Okay, oh yes, pass the word to your family, your friends and your ancient enemies, rate and review, share it on social media and look after yourselves, look after those around you. Okay, stay tuned.